Hello, my friends. This is Chad. You're listening to the Cliff Notes feature of the Naked Leadership Podcast. Every Friday, we post a condensed version of this week's episode. Those of you that have little time to listen or want a quick reminder of the principles we discussed, we made this for you. If you're looking to enjoy the full conversation, just navigate back to the previous episode and you can listen to it in its entirety. Otherwise, get ready because there's a lot here in under five minutes. Let's go. There is an institute, they call them debates, but they publish all of these arguments on YouTube. They're like two and a half hours long and they have an in-house crowd and they have an issue and the crowd votes on the issue where they stand. And then they have the debate. And then at the end of the debate, they pull the audience again that where now they stand on the issue. And if the argumentation was effective enough to persuade the audience to their side, to one side or the other. And I think there's not very many venues doing that right now. There aren't very many places people get the feedback so quickly on their persuasion. In order to persuade somebody, it involves critical thinking. And argumentation is part of critical thinking look critically at a situation like business leaders were constantly looking at analyzing facts and situations and putting them together in a way that we take the best, most efficient action to manifest the, the mission. And then on top of that, we have to align, we know our job is to really align our teams, persuade them in a certain direction. And the other thing is we want to perfect our reasoning because by chance we have some blind spot. A good argument will do that. A good argument will strengthen the reasoning, both of the leader and the team. And that makes for a much more powerful synergistic relationship as they go forward. So it's vital. Argumentation in the culture has taken on a derogatory sense. And that's because generally people see argument as a cantankerous or attacking mode. They don't see it as a cooperative experience. It's actually, in the classical sense, a cooperative experience. It's you and I, or two parties, could be groups of people, could be a person persuading a group, etc., looking to make the best decision they can about something they care about. And they have differing views about how they should execute policy or action of some sort. This is a key point to decide whether you want to argue or not, is are you willing to be vulnerable? vulnerable in the sense of, if I'm going to argue with you, I'm willing to be persuaded by you, and I'm willing to argue as if my way is the way we ought to go, but I'm going to listen like I could be wrong. What information can you give me that may perfect my reasoning? Because we're both committed to the outcome. We want to take care of something, and that's what I mean by cooperative. When you argue it introduces you into ethics. And ethics means that you're not going to try to coerce the other party, but you're going to try to persuade them with your arguments, with your reasoning. If let's say, for instance, COVID or gender, these arguments around that, if you try to eliminate other points of view because you don't want to address them, or you, and you say, well, it's been settled, but you have people who are experts in the field who have points of view who say, no, it's not settled. You try to eliminate them. That's a coercion. And so it keeps from the audience information they need to have in order to consider the action they're being asked to take. Ethos is your personal context or culture, what you bring to the party and how others, like it's good to know how others perceive you so you know what your ethos is causing in them, you can address it. You want to be able to know yourself, meaning you can't know yourself unless you know how you manage your impact. Let's say certitude about my point of view is impacting another person. I got in an argument with one of the new execs on the team and I was really certain about what I was thinking and she addressed my ethos. 
She said, I don't feel listened to. I feel like you're just steamrolling me. And that opened up a whole lot. She was addressing my ethos. And once I saw that, I could shift my ethos. And by the end of that conversation, she was emotionally connected again. And we could then apply more logic to the reasoning. When you get involved in any environment socially, you're doing it for a reason. You have a job you're trying to get done. That's why you're being social. A job mean it could be connection, could be innovation, could be get, you know, like get ideas, that kind of thing. Could be a business transaction. So understanding socially where I stand, what's going on, what's important, what the general flow of the the drift of that social environment is will help me appeal to the people that are there. And it'll help me listen to who's there. Because I may assume certain people are there for certain reasons, but if I socially connect with them might discover they're there for a completely different reason I hadn't considered, which may shift the frame of my argument. (laughs) 